Welcome to the Habits and Hustle podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. So we have a great guest today on Habits and Hustle. This is one podcast I was very excited to do. Uh, her name is Kelly Noonan Gores. Gores or Gores? Either one. Either one? Yeah. Okay. She was the filmmaker who made the groundbreaking documentary on Netflix called Heal. And now she has a book with the same name, uh, basically out now. So this is actually, like I said, this is, of course, I, I really loved the documentary. I found it to be fascinating about how your mind can heal your body. And you had so many experts, um, alternative experts, with examples of how this happened over time. And I, first of all, how did you even, you were an actress, you said, right? Yes. How did you go from being an actress then to transition into making such an amazing health doc? Thank you. No, you're welcome. It's true. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Um, So I started acting when I was like five, six years old. Um, Did it on and off my whole life. And I think when I was in my 20s, you know, I really wanted to have this successful career. You know, every actor wants to win an Oscar and all this stuff. So I think I actually started seeking out like healers and energy workers and hypnotherapists and all sorts of different things to get myself out of my own way in Mm. acting because I'm a people pleaser and Try, you know, type A's, try to do everything right, which is not conducive to being freely expressive as an actor. Uh, oh, that's right. I guess that's true, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you can't care what people think. Right, right. So um, I was always trying to do it right, and I was very, you know, not as free as I should have been. So I think I just started experiencing all of these healers and energy workers, and then also reading, like, about the power of our thoughts, and I'd, you know, be running, and I'd setting intentions for my acting career and all this <laughs> stuff. And, you can swear, uh, by the way. You okay. can say shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say it. I heard the shh coming out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so I started learning about the power of the mind and how our thoughts become things and the law of attraction, if you will. And I just became, started paying attention, like was getting less and less happy and fulfilled talking about acting mm-hmm. and more and more turned on and lit up and passionate about the power of the mind and, and, you know, as it relates to our health and our lifestyle and abundance and everything else. So, um, I was still acting, but I was started to think about doing this documentary and people would come up to me and be like, how are you so happy? Or how are you manifesting all this stuff? And so I just was like, I should just put together a film of all, because it's a powerful medium. I grew mm-hmm. up in the entertainment industry, um, put all of the teachers that inspired and empowered me, uh, into the film to teach others. And then of course, you know, never quite, I, I had success in an acting career, but never to the level that I wanted. So it was just right, right. a perfect segue, you know, segue yeah. into something that really, it was almost like I was holding on to a dream from childhood that was no longer fulfilling me. Well, it's interesting because like a lot of people have, you know, dreams or want to create a documentary or a movie, but from a, an idea to execution is, is the, is the, is much, much more difficult than that, right? So how were you able to take it from an idea and a passion and put it into actual, you know, to an actual substantive movie? Like, how did you raise the money? How did you find the way to do it? Yeah. And then um, get Netflix to pick it up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you know, I've kind of learned as I went along, but um, it's funny. Once I paid attention to how passionate I was about the topic and 
And once I was finally ready to do it, I felt like there was definitely like an energy behind it that wasn't my own, you know? So I would just kind of remain open and trust that whoever came across my path, if I was feeling good about it, like they would help me. So of course I needed help along the way. Someone to finance it, you know, found someone to give me the money. It was very low budget. Yeah, what was the budget on that? Because it was all all healers and all doctors, right? Alternative doctors. Yeah. Um, We actually shot it for like $400,000. And then, of course, finishing it and and releasing it, there was almost twice that as well. Right. So, but it was under a million dollars. And, you know, I think it's pretty high quality for that amount. And and it took a skeleton crew of just really passionate, like-minded people. Um, I luckily found a producer that was my producing partner is just really good at the details and in the weeds, and he really trusted and supported my vision. So I could do what I was good at, and he did all the, right. the details. So know? basically, you focus on what you're good at, and you found someone else to focus on the things that you were kind of more weaker at, basically. Yeah, and didn't bring me joy. It was right. draining me. And also, I find it was very timely, right? Like, I think right now, I mean, more than, let's say, 10 years ago, people are much more interested in learning about alternative ways for healing and for health. I mean, there's a huge, there's a huge trend and just movement about that, you know? And so I think it hit in a really, really interesting time. And, you know, so, so like walk me through. So basically a lot of these people that you have in it, um, like Deepak Chopra, um, Dr. The guy who wrote your foreword, Joe Joe Dispenza has a great story too. Yeah. Um, first thing that I found was interesting was that 90% of people that go to see a doctor, it's usually because of stress. Yes, some form of stress. That's a huge number. Yeah, that's what all the doctors and scientists and researchers in the film kind of agree that 95% of what takes us to the doctor, 90%, um, is stress-related illness. And that could be physical stress, which is injury, uh, chemical stress, which is obviously from our food and right. the environment. And then emotional stress, psychological stress, which we all have in large amounts now where, you know, they're saying that we're just kind of, we have this fight or flight system that's built in for our survival, but Mm -hmm. it's meant to just be turned on for a short amount of time so that you can run away from the saber toothed tiger or the bear or all these things in our past. And now we've evolved. We don't have those immediate life-threatening things in our environment, but our brain is thinking we are because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses or you know, inundated with information on social media. So we're just, we're all running chronic stress and our bodies can't sustain it. Absolutely. Like it's like, there's a whole like epidemic or theory that, you know, unless you are working like hardcore all the time, you're not like, you're, you're, you're not succeeding. You're not this. And like that overall pressure, even like the cortisol levels in your body just like skyrockets. You're, everyone's like living at this, like this level that is just a, you're, you're chronically like ill basically. And people don't even know until something like cancer happens or, or whatever, like any, and, and other diseases. Um, but walk me through, so give me some, like, t- let's talk about some of the things that you kind of, um, you kind of were, you were able to discover making this. So we know about stress. Tell us about other stuff that you were kind of not even, this movie kind of like shed light on for you. Yeah, I think one of them is, you know, the power of our subconscious mind and it's subconscious. We, we're not even aware right. that these belief systems um, are running our lives. So basically... It's all these things that we do automatically that we're not conscious of. 
but it's brilliant because we don't have to think so much when we're right. going through life or walking. I can walk without thinking about it now. You know, as a baby, not so much. <laughs> Same thing when you're learning to drive. So when we're from the ages of in utero to seven years old, our subconscious brain, our brain is just downloading programs from our caretakers in our environment, whether it's your teacher, your preacher, your right. parents. And those belief systems and perception of life become your own. Mm -hmm. So, and those subconscious beliefs, um, Bruce Lipton in the film says that 75% of them are negative and disempowering. So we're not even aware we have these negative limiting beliefs, but they're running our lives. So Amazing. Um, that was like a big light bulb. Like I got that we, you know, take on other people's beliefs and, you know, we repeat the patterns of our parents. Some people right. call it heredity, but right, I right. call it like we're just repeating their programming that they're giving us. No, you know? I, I agree. But the, the issue is when something is subconscious, like we just, like you said, how does someone then change it and tweak it so then it doesn't work against them, right? Because that's how you get, that's how all these illnesses happen, right? From all these subconscious yes. behaviors that we have, right? Right. So some of them can be changed through habits, right? Mm -hmm. Meditation practice can lower your stress, can drop you in. And the more you practice, the longer you practice, the deeper you go into your intuition, your higher self, and you can um, stop being so reactive and triggered to these disempowering beliefs. And then ultimately, you're living from such a place of expansion and peace that um, your beliefs change, your, your programming changes. Right. So it can come from habits and spiritual practices. Um, also, there's a like, million practitioners out there that can help facilitate. Hypnotherapy is one where you can go back into your past, part of your brain, part of your mind, memories, past trauma, and reprogram. Is that, are you talking about, N, um, is it N, what's it called, NDR, not NDR? Um, neuro... I mean, Linguistic programming, NLP? N NLP, NLP, yes. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about, NLP? I'm or? talking about hypnotherapy. Okay, but so I don't not, know. Okay, because that's the because correlation. That kind of sounding like NLP yeah. too, which is kind of very similar, but like exactly. reprogramming your brain to like where where past traumas were. Yes. NLP. That's the one I was NLP, thinking of. NLP, Psych K. There's a whole There's bunch so out many. there. Yeah. And the, I guess it because people, uh, unfortunately, people wait or people until they people don't make that change until it's too late, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's and then they get ill and all this other stuff. So. Um, was there something in your, besides, of course, you saw you had became really, really passionate about this. Was there anything going on in your life where something kind of uh, struck you, where it became so much more uh, of like a, a need to kind of get the information out there? Or is it just like the, the, the knowledge that you were kind of getting from using it for yourself yeah, for I, acting? It, or You would think that I either went through a health crisis or lost someone close right. to me to a devastating well. illness. Most people do. You would assume that for me to have that much energy to go do this thing. Um, but thank God that wasn't my case. So right. for whatever the reason, it was just a calling. Like I just felt compelled to do it right. uh, enough to where I'd been thinking about it for 10 years, uh, wasn't ready to do it until I was ready to do it. And I think that has to do with the timing. Mm -hmm. uh, and timing, the, the of course. universe didn't, didn't, wasn't, you know, didn't make me ready until the timing was kind of perfect. And I thought the timing was perfect when it first came out two years ago. 
But then it came out on Netflix a year ago, and the timing was even more perfect because everything is wellness, wellness, wellness. Now. Everything, like you know, I, I, I always say when I started doing all this health and fitness stuff back, I don't want to date myself, but like forever ago, <laughs> it was like I was like the anomaly, right? And now it's just like a me too thing, right? It's like become like the biggest thing in the world: health, fitness, wellness. The wellness is a huge umbrella, mm-hmm. and but I think it's good. I think people get like I think that people are becoming much more. Um, cognizant of how important these, you know, all these modalities are to your overall health, mm-hmm. you know? And so let's, so, okay, a couple of things. We're, the book um, really touches on conventional versus holistic yes. medicine. So let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. So holistic, you know, a lot of people like think it's woo-woo, right? Not based in holistic, science. Yeah. It's, it's not evidence-based, but there's so much science and research behind all of these alternative treatments, uh, even meditation, things that people have been doing successfully for thousands of right. years using herbs, supplements that, that people are saying is, you know, acupuncture, there's no evidence behind its effects. And it's all, it's all backed by science now, you know. And um, so holistic just means that everything is connected and to treat you as a whole person. Um, knowing that every organ system, every energetic system, um, mind, body, everything is connected. We're connected to the outside world through a field, quantum field. Right. Um, everything is energy. So holistic is just taken into the whole picture. And unfortunately, the problem with Western medicine is um, they're treating based on separation. They're treating not accounting for the, you know, they may treat a symptom that you have for your thyroid, mm-hmm. but they're, but that pill or treatment or whatever is going to knock off the rest of the systems in your body. So like, what's the payoff, you know? Right. I mean, that's the problem, right? And, the pro- and also the issue is people, you know, as much as it's become trendy, like we talk about, and there's backed evidence, I think also people don't understand what they don't understand and what they don't see. Like I went the other, the other week, I went to see a, um, a doctor, she's an acupuncturist, an herbalist, and she does all that like muscle testing, right? Mm-hmm. And she puts all these vials, she put all these vials on my chest and she's like taking my arm and pushing it and like, okay, you, you know, you have a lot of toxins in your body. And like, she was saying all these things to me where the truth is, it's actually kind of interesting. She hit a lot of things on the head that I thought that I, that like I thought I had, like I have where the other doctors, conventional doctors, would never ever pick up on. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I'm like, well, how does she know this by putting a vial and moving my hand a little bit? Like it is, it does seem a little woo-woo, you know? But I think there's a lot to be said for someone who actually believes in it. I think it's a placebo thing, right? If you believe it's going to work, it's going to work. And if you go in, kind of like, I don't, this is all a bunch of nonsense, then you kind of get that same result. A one million percent. Right? And that's kind of... What you learn in the documentary, and, and it's from all different, you know, spiritual teachers and then like totally legit science mm-hmm. researchers. Um, they have found that like the placebo is real. The power yeah. of belief, what you believe and expect, um, and how you perceive the world, that is probably the most powerful, more powerful than even diet, exercise, and all these things right. that are important holistically. But the the mind and the belief is really the most important factor, and that's why you know, even people's like, um, belief in possibility is tied to how a doctor delivers the news. So, you you know, if the doctor's not enthusiastic and doesn't seem hopeful that a treatment is going to work, the patient is going to buy into that Mm. and they're not going to believe that that treatment's going to work. And nine times out of 10, it's not, you know, so it's just really, we have to like 
really pay attention to people. We've got to train our brains. I mean, there are people like, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I find that it's, do you believe, but do you believe that there are some people who are just more naturally optimistic versus pessimistic and therefore that feeds into it? Because I, you know, I, I maybe I'm much more of a, you know, a pessimist, right? Versus my husband who's like happy-go-lucky constantly. The truth is he's never sick. He always looks at the things, like everything in his world, happy, happy, happy. And like, truthfully, great things constantly like kind of surround him. You know, I'm the one who's much more like, I don't know about this. I, and then I'm, all, I'm the one with the bad immune system. I'm the one getting sick all the time. I do think like how, you're, how you actually legitimately are programmed and think really does manifest itself. A hundred percent. Everything is frequency. And they talk about this in the film as well. Negative emotions release negative chemistry mm -hmm. into your body from your brain. Uh, positive emotions elicit healing chemistry into your body. So if, it, if it's a pattern, if you're staying in the negative too long mm -hmm. or constantly, you know, it's going to take a toll on your body. Whereas, and then it also affects your vibration, the frequency you're putting out there. Right. And like attracts like. I agree with so that So you're going to be coherent with more negative experiences while he's going to be coherent and and available to more positive. Absolutely. That's why I think that's why this movie and your book and everything really spoke to me because I, I really do believe there is such uh, a mind body connection that way um, in terms of just, you know, healing yourself preventative. So, you know, we were talking, you were just talking about the subconscious mind and placebo effect. What are the three, there's based on three things though, it said the placebo effect. Yeah. There's okay. um, uh, conditioning. Uh -huh. Assigning meaning and expectation, I believe, are the three. Expectation. Um, so basically, you know, take two groups. One gets the drug, one gets the sugar pill. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, your condition, or it's, it's hard to explain from that standpoint, but okay. it's basically like whatever you, whatever meaning you're giving to that pill. So, so that. Whatever I, that drug or whatever the yeah, pill is. The drug pill. Then you take it, you, you say that that pill is going to make me, let's say it's an antidepressant. Okay. So you think you're taking an antidepressant drug, but you're really taking an inert substance, mm -hmm. sugar pill, but you believe and you assign meaning to it where that pill is going to, I'm going to swallow it. It's going to make me feel better. And then you expect. Mm -hmm. And so your body actually releases the healing chemistry that you're expecting into your body. So you actually do feel better. So that in these depression studies, like, and that's why it works. Yeah. Right. So exactly. So if you believe it's good, that's the whole thing. Like if you believe it's going to work or you expect it to work either way, then the chances are it's going to work. Yes. Right. Like versus the nocebo effect. Yes. Okay. So tell us what that is. So placebo in Latin is the positive thinking right. and nocebo is negative thinking. So, um, you know, we talk about it in the film where the nocebo effect is... Oh, nocebo, sorry. Yeah, when nocebo is when the doctor tells you um, that, you know, there's a 12% chance that people mm. with your type of cancer are going to die in six months. You know, 88% of people are going to buy into that and die within six months, which is perpetuating right. the statistics because they're buying into that negative belief. So they're focusing on this negative thing and, and focusing on it, focusing on it, it actually manifests in their life. So, and it, and at the same time, it's that fear, that negativity, that all of that stress is then exacerbating the condition and speeding along the de degenerative process. Right. So the nocebo effect is where, you know, placebo is positive belief and expectation. Nocebo is negative belief and expectation, and that can actually make you sicker 
and even cause death, which in the most extreme case. More from our guests, but first a few words from our sponsor. So my favorite part about the holiday season is reconnecting with family that I just don't get to see as much as I would like during the year. And swapping stories and reliving like funny memories is always my favorite part. But keeping those memories alive can be super difficult sometimes. And that's why I'm giving my family the most meaningful gift this year, and it's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones tell the story of their lives through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. This is how it works. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family member a different question that you would never think of asking, and then the person will reply with a really interesting story. And the best part is, after one year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question and photo into a beautiful keepsake book. And the shipping is free. So this year, I'm gifting my mom because I know that she'll love it and appreciate it. And so will I. And for a limited time, you can get $20 off your first purchase by going to storyworth.com slash hustle. That's storyworth.com slash hustle to get $20 off your first purchase. Trust me, I think you'll really appreciate it as much as I have. And now to our next sponsor. So it's that time of year again when everybody's traveling and running around trying to get the perfect gifts for the people closest to them. And what's the better gift than the gift of listening? And that's why I love Audible. Audible has been a game changer for me. I can actually now listen to the books I've always wanted to read but didn't have time for. Currently, I'm listening to The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene, which I highly recommend. And you can too, because guess what? For a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Choose from one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash habits and hustle or text habits and hustle to 500 500. Again, visit audible.com slash habits and hustle or text habits and hustle to 500 500 and try Audible for three months for just $6.95 a month. When someone has, let's say, stage four cancer and it's metastasized around their body, like all over their body, like what are the chance, if someone just believes, right? Like, oh, I believe I'm going to get better. I mean, is there at some point like reality that says, you know what, this is like, it's too far down the road, right? Like it's no matter how much you believe and you hope that there's sometimes like you kind of pass, you kind of, you're past the point. Yeah. And it's definitely easy to do that because it's terrifying if you're in that state, Right. right? So the, the examples that I give, um, anyone that has cancer, especially if it's a later stage, I recommend reading Radical Remission and Anita Morjani's book, Dying to Be Mean. Anita was in the film. She was as late stage cancer as you get. She was, went into a coma. Her organs were shutting down. She had lemon-sized tumors, metastasized all throughout her body, coming out of her skin, from her neck to her abdomen. And um, the doctors were basically like, She's in a coma. Mm -hmm. There's no way she can recover from this. Say your goodbyes. In that coma, she had a near-death experience and had a shift in perception. It was it, see the film or, or read the book. I, I know what you're talking about. I know yeah. what you're talking about. But that, for people who are listening, I mean, and on. she realized her her big moment of aha as she's in this other realm is that she made her whole life she had been making decisions from fear, 
And in this other realm, she felt nothing but the unconditional love that many people, when they've gone to the other side and come back or whatever, have described this like, un, you can't, it's an undescribable love, you know, and that's our source. That's where we come from. That's God. That's heaven. That's whatever you want to call it. And so she realized she actually had a conversation with her dad, the essence of her dad, uh, who she had a very tumultuous relationship with in life. And she realized there was no judgment. It was just unconditional love. And she, and he told her, go back and live your life without fear and you will heal. And she was like, I don't want to go back to that life. Like that thought is all <laughs> I remember that. Movie, and yeah. she's like, I want to stay here. This feels great. And he said, no, you're not done with your mission. So she went back into her body. She woke up. She knew things. She had this awareness of things that she could not have known in a coma. Conversations she recounted that happened 40 feet down the hall. She just had this awareness. So it was all true. Um, she shifted from fear to love and her body healed. So in my belief, I feel like you can always come back from anything. She is, embodies how our bodies are designed to heal and we just need to find the right formula to allow them to recover and come back. But she's the most extreme case, so I yeah, do believe I, I, you can come back from anything, but it takes a massive shift in your consciousness. But how does that, I mean, I saw that in the documentary and I was like blown away. I mean, like I'm, I'm like, is this even real? Like, how is this possible? Because you know, in, in like my life, I know people who've had really just, you know, right now even, um, people who are really sick and like they are so fighting, they're fighting their lives to be alive, you know, and they're tr they, they are willing to try anything. And then they go around the world and they, they look for shamans and they look for any type of healer and it doesn't work, mm -hmm. right? What do you say about those people who really like their mind is in the right place. They are like in that space where they, they believe and they, and they really do have hope. And it still doesn't work. Yeah, you know. Again, that's the question. I mean, you're not God. But yeah, I mean, you know. But <laughs> and I kind of talked about it in the film too, like especially with children. You know, right. like we get like unprocessed trauma, and you know, these negative subconscious beliefs can lead to a woman in her 50s having cancer. Right. You know, because she's just taking care of everybody else and <clears throat> neglected herself, whatever. But what about the children that come into the world sick or childhood leukemia or whatever it is? Right. Like that doesn't seem like it's from unprocessed trauma, maybe past lives. I mean, all of that is outside of my uh, scope. Right. But, you know, and we talk about it in the film, it's like people, who knows what people's destiny or fate or mission in this life is. And um, also it's so hard for people that love them, you know, love someone going through something and they're not even open to thinking this way or, or someone mm -hmm. that's doing everything right and still not working. So I don't have all the answers. Right, I right. just know... There is definitely, exactly. I mean, we don't, we, I don't expect you to, right? You're not God. But I mean, I find that's, that's what, that's my like pessimism coming in. Yeah. Like, well, I, I've seen it on both sides, right? I've seen people who've had, you know, miraculous things, thing, like miraculous things happen with when they do believe and they, you know, they have that type of um, attitude. And then I've seen also not such great things happen, mm -hmm. you know, but I think overall, there is something to be said for how your how your mind and how you how these things the mind over matter really yeah. makes a difference with anything exactly and and a lot of times there's some even though they're like positive or whatever like behind closed doors they're still really mm -hmm. angry at the cancer they're still in major resistance they're not in full acceptance and surrender and we talk about I know I saw that you talk about that a lot you know? about like how you have like the the resistance mm -hmm. so 
you were saying like, or the, you know, someone was, who was the expert in the book that was talking about the resistance? Peter Crone, right. the young guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the, about how that also is detrimental. Mm -hmm. But why, why would, if I mean, God forbid when that happened, I mean, how do you just be like, okay, I'm taking it, you know, like yeah. what's, I don't understand how the resistance plays a part because isn't that also counterintuitive to the fact that you are fighting and you have hope and you don't yeah. want to believe it. Doesn't that make a difference? It does. And there's, there's healthy resistance and then there's unhealthy resistance, oh, okay. right? Yeah. So, you know, it's healthy resistance if you're lifting weights and you want to get bigger muscles, you know, but then to lift weights that are too heavy for you or doing too many mm -hmm. reps are not the Good right, uh, what's it called? Form. Form. <laughs> you know, it's going to be detrimental. So resisting life, this is, again, this is why healing for me is more of a spiritual conversation. Um, and, and this is something that Peter, the guy who talks about it in the film, really believes that life is always working for us, not to us, not against us. So we have to get to the place, if, we, if we're going through a healing crisis especially, we've got to get to a place where we trust that God, the universe, whatever, is working for us and for, we're getting, we're going through stuff. It's kind of an alchemical process. You've got to go through the fire to get honed mm -hmm. into your highest evolution of self, right? You're, um, so disease is part of that, you know? And so at a certain point, we have to stop spending our valuable energy fighting back against it um, and just surrender and go, okay, what is the lesson? What is the blessing? What is this trying to teach me so that I can let that go, so I can forgive that person, so I can wake up and treat myself better, mm -hmm. you know, with, with self-love and also working out and eating right. And, you know, we're beating ourselves up mentally and physically every day by eating shit and being stressed yeah, all the time yeah, and not yeah, moving yeah. our bodies, whatever it is. So it's disease is a wake up call. It's life working for you. And to stop, you know, one of the first steps is really, you can feel sorry for yourself, you know, but you don't want to stay there. Right. You, you, you can there. grieve this horrible diagnosis you got, but then you got to go, okay, now what I'm going to do, I have to accept what's going on. So I'm not wasting valuable energy, resisting it. And I have to face it head on and I got to, keep doing my best every day, mm -hmm. taking steps forward. Uh, well, and the, how about fasting? They say fasting for healing. Do you, do you, do you believe in that? Do you think that you, by fasting it helps with your healing process? I do. Digestion takes up so much energy every day in our body. And I think, especially in the United States, our portions are way too big. We are <laughs> sure eating, is. you know, you yeah. work out, yeah. you're walking, doing podcasts five hours a day. Like you're burning, <laughs> no, just, you can do whatever you want. Uh, yeah, but, not really. Funny. Not really, but that's for, a whole other podcast. For most people, um, we're eating, you know, digestion takes away all our energy mm -hmm. from that we should be using to, to repair. So like first it's digesting your food. And then if there's not food to digest, then your body's like, as long as you're not stressed, your body's like, okay, what can I go through? They go through the, everything to see what tissues need repairing mm -hmm. and restoring and all of that stuff. So our body is trying to heal in every moment and we get in the way with by too much food or stress or toxins and, you know, overload. Right. So fasting, every mammal in nature, when they're sick, they, they find a quiet little shaded safe area and they don't eat. They let their body, they may eat some grasses to throw up to get what, rid of any pathogen right. or whatever. But if they got, become wounded or they're sick, they fast because their body, it speeds their healing. Because their body is right. able to repair um, because it's not using all the energy to digest. So 
Uh, and there is some research in the book from Kelly Turner, who did all this research on cancer. On cancer. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about that. It's counterintuitive, right? You right. think that, especially if you're going through chemo and you're withering away, like you, you're like, oh my God, that woman needs to eat. We need to give her calories, mm-hmm. whatever. And a lot of Western institutions don't care about what kind of food you're eating. They give you M&Ms and shitty hamburgers in the I hospital. I can't believe it. I know. It's unbelievable. And it's like, it's like double detriment yeah. on your body. So. Um, there, there, there's these clinics where you go and they, they prove that fasting under supervision um, and with, you know, the, I don't know the exact mm-hmm. protocol for any, everybody dealing with cancer, but it actually speeds along healing and, you know, shrinking of tumors and all of that stuff. I saw that and I was, I was actually blown away because, you know, I, I, I know that people, when people are sick, they, that's what they do. They give them like insure and boost and all oh. sorts of garbage yeah. that like, but I always thought, eating well, eat, but still eating. Yeah. So when I saw that whole thing about fasting for cancer, I was, you know, I was really surprised. And if you, you know? can't do it under a supervised environment, right. I would say just be conscious and aware that when you're eating heavy meats and stuff that need to be broken down, take more energy to break down, your body's taking away resources that it could be using to heal. Mm-hmm. So if you are, if you're needing to put calories mm-hmm. in your system, Vegetables, raw, raw fruits and vegetables, you know, mm-hmm. making sure you don't have any other digestive issues. Right, that right, right. Counter. Exactly. Too. But um, juices, you know, things that are easy for your body to digest, but are chock full of nutrients. So what kind of major takeaways have you, did you learn from um, doing, doing the film that you've kind of integrated into your life? Like habits that you've done or, or what have you changed yeah. that in your life? based on all this information? Um, I'm just, I'm a little more dedicated to my meditation practice Mm -hmm. because of just how important it is for me to turn within. We're so overstimulated in life, you know, especially with social media um, and negative news and all of these wonderful things happening in our society. Um, And so it's so important every day, whether it's 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night, whatever your practice looks like. What do you do? What's your practice? I learned transcendental meditation. People so, love that. I've heard great things about that. It's great. Yeah. And I also recommend it because you go through a course, right. which is only four days, um, but you learn what the benefits are. You learn why it works and why it's so important. And then you, again, it's assigning meaning. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you know more about the benefits, you're more likely to stick to mm-hmm. the practice. Um, and then you get addicted. You feel so good after you quiet your mind, turn within, you know, intuition starts to speak a lot louder. Um, you sleep deeper, you know, it's just the, the benefits are off the charts. You really release healing chemistry and joyful chemistry into your body. And you did, did you do, um, TM meditation from learning all of this or were you, I thought you already did meditation. I did. I, yeah, okay. I started in like 2007. So, but were you doing TM meditation in yeah. 2007? Oh, okay. I first learned that now I yeah. kind of have, a bunch of guided meditations on my phone. Right. I call those like the, my lazy meditations. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just need to shut down, but I just don't have the right wherewithal to like sit and say my mantra. I just want to lie horizontal and put like a guided meditation in. All of it's beneficial. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, either way. I mean, so you do that twice a day? I do it once a day now. A day, I make okay. sure I do it once a day and it's, it's do what you can. You know, if you only start with five minutes a day and then go up to 10 and then go up to 40. How much do you do now? How long? Um, I at least do 20 to 30 a day. Okay. That's better yeah. than most. It's better <laughs> than me. Um, and yeah. it's made a big difference. 
huge. It's life-changing. You just have, it's, uh, Marianne Williamson talks about it beautifully in the film. And she says, look, we take a shower. We wash our physical body every day. We need to wash away our mental stress. We need to clean our mental state, mm-hmm. you know, because we're just taking on so much information, so much negativity every day. And to turn within and turn away from that stimulation, get into your heart, you know, focus on your breath. We also don't breathe right. correctly throughout right. the day. We're holding our breath a lot of time. Right now, not about. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was gonna say, do you want some water? Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say, there's some water there. You got a, you got, you got, okay. you got a bottle there. I mean, anytime, yeah. just take a breath. Okay. We're like obviously on these treadmills, so like I think people are kind of thrown off when they're like they expect to be like sitting down. Yeah. And, no, and I love like, it. I love it. It's just a, it's a different format for sure. Yeah. Um, that's good for your brain. So and your blood flow. Yeah. So okay, what other? Where are some other habits that you do daily to kind so. to be healthy? Um, well, I think, you know, there's the nine key healing factors that Kelly Turner mm-hmm. discovered. In well, her... tell us who Kelly Turner is for those of you who don't know, that didn't read the book yet or see the movie. Which yeah. So Kelly Turner is a... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Kelly Turner is a cancer researcher. Um, she was in getting her doctorate and she, uh, was paying, like seeing all of these spontaneous healing cases come up and she's like, why is nobody studying those? Doctors would just dismiss them as these anomalies. And she's like, no, there's like... So she studied 1,500 cases of radical remission, which were people who had late-stage cancer that their doctors told them there was nothing else they could do, and they were sent home to die, and they didn't die. So they, she said she found 75 different things that all these people did, but they, every single one of them did a version of these nine things. I love this, but yeah. Yeah. Tell us what that, yeah, let's talk about oh, that. God. I don't know if I can say them off the top of my head. There was, yeah, there's two, the ones that I see here, there's, um, yeah, there were 75 different things that people have done to try. Only two were physical. Yes. I saw that. Which is radically changing your diet and using herbs and supplements. Right. And the rest, the other seven are mental, emotional, and spiritual, which I think doesn't just apply to cancer. I think Do you remember applies... what they are? I want to look and see because yeah. I thought that was a really good... I can try to spit them off. So one is following your intuition. Mm-hmm. One is increasing positive emotions. One is um, releasing suppressed negative emotions, healing past trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, one is finding strong reasons for living. Obviously, like your kids, your mission in loved life, ones or loved mission ones, life. friends, whatever it is. Um, one is... What's the other ones? Where am I? How many have I said? <laughs> I, you said, you said yeah. enough. I mean, I think that's, I think the point is that a oh, lot finding of these social support, so, social support. So a lot of, I think what I, having purpose, I think the purpose, yes. a lot of times when people don't have purpose, that's when things kind of also go like willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Right. And like the, the, and having loved ones, knowing that people care about you, the social stuff, like these are things that people undervalue in mm-hmm. someone's true health. Yes. Right. Which and I, make and- a huge difference. Exactly. And Dr. Jeffrey Thompson, who's this like sound healer, he's a neuroacoustic wizard, one of the smartest people I've ever met, if not the smartest. I asked him one question in the interview. He talked for an hour and a half. What did you ask him? Uh, (laughs) What do you do? (laughs) And he taught, I mean, we like ended up at Schrodinger's cat, which is this like whole quantum physical major study. But um, so what what was the basics? What was like the, the Coles Notes version of what he said? He, I mean, he basically says, you know, you come to a fork in your road in your life and you, you have your passion, which mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. And then you have the safe thing, which is you become a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it is that your dad 
pressures you into doing society, whatever it is. So you walk away from your purpose here in life and you do the safe thing or the thing that you think is going to bring you happiness because it's more money or whatever. And he said, that's when disease starts. So he, you know, and I think that's so important. It's like that your purpose here and it's, you know, on a very small scale, it's like acting, you know, I thought I was meant to be an actor. I loved playing pretend and making films and whatever. Um, but if you, if I paid attention, I was not happy. It was almost draining going down that path. Um, and talking about all of this stuff lit me up and that's life force energy. So if you're in a dead end job or a nine to five job or you're indoors and you're not, and, but you really want to be an artist or whatever that may be, you're, and you're denying that part of yourself, mm-hmm. you're, you're literally cutting off your life force, mm-hmm. you know, and that ultimately takes a toll on your physical body. Yeah. Like it eats away at you. It eats away mm-hmm. at your soul. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's so important to find purpose. And even if you can't find purpose in your, I mean, some people, like not everyone has the ability to find purpose in their career or job because not everyone has that luxury, but then find a, a, um, some kind of um, passion outside of that mm-hmm. where you, you get lit up yes. basically because it is so, it's so fundamental for your, for your health. And it generates joy, joy. which is healing. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so walk us through some more stuff that you do besides meditation every day, because yeah. we, we got that one. Like, what's your daily routine now? Like, what do you do every day? Well, it's a little off and wonky right now because I have a five-month-old baby. <laughs> I was going to say, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I saw that you had a little baby. Oh, God. oh my so gosh. She kind of takes over my schedule. But... Well, I mean, for I mean, by the way, you look amazing. Right. Thank you. No, five months. I mean, it's like, girl, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Thank you. No, you're welcome. Um, what's her name? Riley. Riley name? Grace beautiful she's amazing is she your only baby she's my only baby okay and she's i've everyone's like you are so lucky because she's super chill oh you are lucky um i try to take her outside every day and put our both of our feet in the earth because i saw that yeah i love i I did it while i was pregnant and it just it totally calms your nervous system and lowers anxiety and depression and lowers your blood pressure and does all these healing benefits so so you put your feet in like on actual like earth or like on the grass Grass. Grass. Yeah. Okay. So like you're not putting it. Cause I have some dirt, friends grass, who do it actually anything. in dirt. Yeah. The sand at the beach, anything that where you're just in direct connection with the earth. You do that every day. Yeah. I try to do it every day, but yeah. I'm fairly sure I've been I mean, doing it every like, day. I mean, yeah. most days. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of your things. And if you live in New and, York city, you can, there's earthing mats, um, that you can get that you plug into a grounded outlet and you get the same effect. So they, they're designing technology, obviously being in the fresh air and the sunlight yeah. also has its benefits. So do that as much as you can on the weekends, but um, even at work, you can just put your bare feet on a grounding mat and get similar benefits. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I've heard that before. A lot of people um, who are very much into into this, into holistic and into all of that stuff do it, and they, they swear by it. I've heard yeah. that before. Um, and you do gratitude journaling too. Oh I yeah, saw. that's huge. I saw. Um, and it's also in the book, by the way, as a way for preventative health, right? Yes, yeah. and also, um, Joe Dispenza, who is the fellow who wrote my foreword, and he has his own healing story in the book, which is remarkable. He basically used his mind and his awareness and focus, kind of meditating, um, visualizing his spine being healed. And he so he was a guy. Just so people, I don't yeah. think people know, he was paralyzed, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in a triathlon and he got hit, and um, they told him he'd probably never walk again. So he was just lying in bed and he was a chiropractor, so he had some background of information that he could help with his visualization. But he said, you know, he just had this defiance, like, I'm not going to live in a wheelchair. Like, I'm an athlete. I got to get back. So uh, 
he just every day pictured his spine like regenerating, da da da, and then he would combine uh, the feeling with the visualization. So he wasn't just using his thoughts; he was using his heart and his feelings. So he'd remember what it would like be like to take a shower again or watch a sunset with a loved one and hold their hand. These things that he didn't think he'd be able to do again, mm-hmm. and just feeling the feelings. And he came up with this formula. He says, you know, combining an intention and this visualization. With the elevated emotion is like the recipe, kind of for causing an effect. It's the quantum、mm-hmm. model of manifestation. It's amazing. So, and, and gratitude is probably the most elevated emotion. Gratitude, love, you know,、um, one of those. But so I gratitude journal just because it's a way to get your body into positive emotions when you wake up in the morning or right before you go to sleep.、Um, and what I've started to do, or what I've done for many years, is I write. Things that I'm actually grateful for, like my health, my baby, all these other things.、Mm-hmm. And then, if there's something that I want, say I wanted to heal a certain condition,、um, I would say, you know, I'm so happy and grateful now that I am healthy and vibrant and running ten miles. You know, whatever it is, you 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 give thanks for what you desire、mm-hmm. as if you already had it. And it's just, and I started doing this like ten years ago. And it's amazing. Like if I go back and look, it's amazing things that I've kind of manifested in my life because of that practice. And it's just we our minds our minds are hardwired for survival to focus on the worst case scenario and fear. So this is just the flip. That's not true. That that event that you're fearing will happen hasn't happened yet. That's not a true event. So why don't we? Condition our minds and train our minds in the opposite, in the positive,、mm-hmm. and focus on just like what I desire hasn't manifested yet, so it's not a true event either. But let's focus our mind and our feelings、mm-hmm. and our heart on visualizing the best case scenario rather than the worst case. No, it, like I said, it makes sense to me. And I mean, it sounds though like you were doing all of these things before you even made the film. Yeah, yeah. So like they weren't things that you kind of like picked up on when you were kind of doing it. It was more, I think. You were doing it, and that was just why it was so powerful for you. More than that, you know. Exactly, they empowered my life. All these teachers that I put in the film, and everyone was like, "How are you doing all these things?" And I was doing these practices that totally changed my life. And rather than explain, you know, we didn't have social media back then when I right, first right, started. Right, right, right. So I just like I'm just going to put all my teachers in a film, and hopefully it empowers others. Like, well, how did you find them?、Changed. Like, were they all like you live in LA? Yeah. Do all of these people live in LA? No, a lot of them do. A lot of them go like, on. They're kind of running the same circle. Well, I, I, that's what I I I know that.、Yeah. But the people just. I mean, because a lot of these people,、um, do they even like? Well, Marianne Williamson. She was she she wasn't a teacher of yours, was she, or was she? She. I mean,、uh, someone handed me her book when I was twenty years old, and I was probably. I think she's coming on this podcast too, from what I remember. Oh, good. Yeah,、uh, you getting on a treadmill? That'd be very. I, I mean, I don't. I, I That'd be amazing. Have, wasn't she coming on, Demetria? Yeah. So I don't know if she knows about the treadmill.、Right. You may, if you, if you're friends with her, you can. Be, <laughs> you may want to tell, tell her. Tell her to wear comfy shoes. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. So she single-handedly, she may have like launched me on this whole seeking journey. Oh wow.、Um, when I was 19, I don't know if I was legit depressed, but I was unhappy for the first time in my life. And someone gave me her book, *Return to Love*, when I was traveling in Australia. Completely changed my whole. Really?、Family. Yeah. So she's kind of planted the biggest seed to send me on this whole. And I was 20 or 19. On、so、this whole journey. This was 
20 years ago. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and then Mike, who is Michael uh, Bexworth? I've, I see him all the time. I hear his name. He's involved in a couple of different things that I've seen and that I'm actually uh, like on the periphery involved with. Yeah. What does he do? He started a church called Agape, International Spiritual Center, and it's okay. a trans-denominational church. He, okay. you know, reads, uh, gives sermons from all sorts of, you know, it's basically the universal principles underlying all religions. And it, agape means love. Mm -hmm. And he's, I started going to agape about the same time that I started thinking of this documentary oh. 10 years ago. And so you were, like I said, you were like kind of one of the first, um, you're like a pioneer in this a little bit. Like you were kind of doing all of this before it became the trendy thing, really. And then you kind of brought it to life in a time when it's now yeah. kind of everyone's kind of involved and in, you'd be jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. You were just kind of someone who was just like really passionate about it. Super passionate. And again, for selfish reasons, I wanted to get out of my own way. Right, I wanted right. to manifest that Oscar and all this stuff that is funny now, but it got me to where I am here. You know? And it's ironic that now, you know, you're, you're so for so many years, you're trying to be on the other side of the lens. <laughs> yeah. And now you have this like crazy successful documentary that's, where you're on the other, you know, behind the scenes. Behind the, behind the scenes. scenes. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to do any other documentaries like this? I may. Um, for the, for Heal, you know, everybody's like, when's Heal 2 coming out? Yeah. Um, I was going to ask the question. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to be like, a me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, there's all these great limited series, um, docu-series on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So our vision is there's so much to explore. There's so many amazing doctors out there doing more functional, integrative things. Um, there's amazing treatments all over the world that breakthrough treatments in cancer and, and that aren't really available in the United States right. yet or because of powers that be. Um, yeah. So there's so much to explore and so many inspiring stories of healing that will strengthen people's belief. Um, so we're developing a, the Heal television series. So we'll see if that goes. I think that's uh, great. Yeah. That, would be, that would be on, I mean, not necessarily, but are you trying to get that on Netflix? If, ideally, yeah. So then how did, so did you make the film and then Netflix picked it up or was it with, like, how did it, did you sell it first to Netflix and then you kind of. Yeah. So we, we found a distributor. Right. They, they actually came to us. It was, again, it's like, they're one of the top tier distributors mm -hmm. for documentary, from doc, for documentaries. And it was in the flow. Like they came to us. We didn't usually have to like bang on I, doors I and like get your thing sold. And it's a whole thing. And this guy just got it. And we're so thankful. So he, we released it on iTunes digitally. And then they had the rights to negotiate the SVOD deal or the subscription mm -hmm. model. And um, so they reached out to Netflix. They were trying to pitch it. And then Netflix was like, oh, no, we're not requiring any independent content. We're, content. we're going to put all our money into creating our own. Originals, yeah. And I was like, dude, you can't just overnight just like stop acquiring. There's going to be time where it takes to develop content. Yeah. And like just, so I told him, I was just like, I want to be at Netflix, keep knocking on the door. And like two months later, they finally they made the deal. But then they said, it's not going to be for another year that we release it. So we're like, no, but... Again, divine timing. It all. I really out. love that. That's like a, that's like that's like real hustle at its finest. Or I think it's very bold. Like you wouldn't take no for an answer. Yeah. So who was it? How did you do it though? Did you get the same guy? To, did you go? Did you find someone else at Netflix to be a champion? Or how did you get them to finally say yes? I think just our distributor, the guy that he was just he just he just pounded and pounded yeah, on the door. Yeah, he was like, and look, they kept. Yeah. That's great. And you know, like health docs were kind of becoming what the health. 
I think came out. No, about there's the same a million time. of yeah. them. And like, there's another one. Is that the one with the health? With a, there's a guy, I think a Canadian guy, who every episode talks about something different, about oh, a different yeah, like so myth or fad or or whatever. I'm telling yeah. you, there's, I'm t- it's like it's so timely all yeah. of this. I think that TV show is going to be well. If it happens, it'd be so great. Thank you. I'd watch it. Yeah. See, <laughs> you got one. You got one viewer. I got one viewer. <laughs> you got well, one. Tell them. You got Put one. Put in the bitch. Well, I mean, this has been great. I'm really thank you so much for coming on, Kelly. I, this was um, really informative and obviously something I'm very passionate about. And I hope everyone, if you haven't seen the movie um, on Netflix, you should watch it. And uh, Kelly's book, Heal, is out. It's going to be, it's out. So, yes. go, so, so uh, you should go grab one. So how do people find you if they just want to like know you and yeah. hear more about what you're doing? And Sure. Yeah, you can follow at Heal Documentary on social media. Just we put out inspiring content and um, it's just a good place to follow. And then me personally is at Kelly Gorris. I'm most active on Instagram. So, you know, so sorry, I'm going to bombard you with pictures of Riley lately. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's where I am. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. This is great information, and you're doing wonderful things by like spreading these, these messages. So thank I you. thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.